You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Deli, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to save them unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self-care, and of course her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. I am speaking with Josh Loera, who is a, an artist. And we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about the story behind his comic book because it's very unique. It's based off of um, Aztec uh, superheroes, which is rare. But one of the things that we talk about is NFTs, which is something very foreign to so many people. And you might be thinking, well, why are you talking about NFTs? Usually talk about stuff with kids, but this does involve kids. So please give it a chance. I know it might be a lot of information, but uh, listen to what he's got to say and if if you have a child that is an artist I think that this episode has a ton of value and if you have questions you can always reach out to Josh so that's a disclaimer for today all right thanks let's get started so without further ado here's Josh welcome Josh thanks for having me Dali you're so welcome so Josh Let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you even begin this idea of starting the comic book? Yeah, my background is uh, is a nerdy one, right? So I uh, uh, my background is actually in engineering, and I went to school for that, and I, I, I spent some time in that field. Um, but along the way, I developed... Um, you know, kind of a fandom for all the superhero movies that, that were coming out, um, particularly Marvel. And I feel like the conversation a lot of times among the um, fans of color were like, oh, when are they going to start like introducing some of the, the characters of color, heroes of color? And, um, and this coming from me as an adult, uh, I could only imagine what, what, what a child might be wanting for, whether that's conscious or unconscious. And so after a, a good amount of time of, of kind of just complaint, like complaining or like griping, it was kind of like, well, I guess I might as well start uh, something. You know, I, I've always been into art and it was a hobby that I was developing um, while I was in my uh, career in, in, in engineering. And uh, it got to a point where it, it became more, you know, focused and more with the more direction as I started coming up with this idea and started reading books on how to write a script, uh, watching videos instructively on how to draw comics and uh, how to do these storylines and stuff like that, how to build a universe, you know, Joseph Campbell type stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, that was kind of, it, it kind of all came together around the time that that my girlfriend Christine decided to or took a job here in Guatemala and uh, I was able to dedicate time fully to the comic oh that's so interesting and that's amazing see how the things just align themselves Mm -hmm. Um, that's really cool so before you even you know started and all this as a kid were you always into drawing because I love that you post on your Instagram uh, page the process 
it's really cool. So, and, and you're, you look like such a pro. So how long have you been drawing? Thanks. Um, yeah, I've always had an interest in drawing and it was, it, you know, it's one of those things. And I think our, uh, our culture, it's not one culture, obviously, you know, Latinos, but it's um, in, in my, you know, family, I feel like it was always looked as a, a hobby. So it was always something I did on the side uh, or, you know, in the margins of my paper during class. Um, and it was always something that was kind of um, something I always aspired to do, right? It was like, oh, after I get these good grades, I'm going to spend more time drawing. After I get into high school and get into AP classes, then I'll spend more time drawing. After I get into a good college, then I'll spend more time drawing. After I graduate, mm -hmm. after I get a job, after I get a promotion. And so, um, so it was always aspirational. And it came to a point where I had asked for, uh, well, I, I had been practicing after work. And it, it was something that was like, I finally had the time to do it. I had like, my job wasn't so time consuming that I did, couldn't do it on the weekends or in the, a little bit in the evenings. Um, and so my evenings and my weekends were kind of dedicated to like built, you know, creating this, this skill and learning the skill after work. Um, but I, I had, I've been doing good in my job and I asked for a, a, uh, a, a raise, a little raise, and my boss was like, well, uh, actually, if you get this certification, then you could get the raise. And what that would do is take the time that I finally, after all these years, finally carved out for my art. And it would take that up to, to get this certification for this raise. And so that was the point where I was like, no, I don't really, I don't want the raise that much. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I want to do this job for that much longer or from it doesn't even have to be that much longer. I know I'm not going to do it for the rest of my life now. And so that's when it kind of became, all right, how do I make this into like a job or, or a lifestyle or something mm -hmm. I can do full time? Oh, I love that. So then that's your intent to be full time and continue the series. Yeah, I mean, I'm full time now. I uh, but yeah, my intent is to continue the series. Oh, that's really good. I love that. So um, when you were, because you have an engineering background and you said something there that a lot of us grew up with when our parents see us drawing, sketching, no matter how good we are, they just said, oh, that's, that's fine. That's cool, mija or mijo, you know, que bonito. But they don't ever consider it um, to become something that you make your living off of. Mm -hmm. So um, were there any people that supported you and said, Hey, you might want to, have you considered making that into a business somehow? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, um, not when I was younger, it wasn't really, you know, it's interesting too, because the world's changed too, mm -hmm. you know, like when I was younger, my, my youngest uncle, you know, he was, he had some, some, uh, artistic proclivities too. He went into engineering as well, but um, there was no, you know, the internet was kind of just coming out, you know, uh, and, the, and, you know, you could sell stuff, but it would be like, like on eBay and stuff like that. So it wasn't until 
it was actually my own thinking, right? It's interesting that most of the time our own ideas sometimes are, are, are generally rooted in kind of like a, um, an innate, how do you say it? Like uh, intuition, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, with some of the entrepreneurial spirit that my dad had and some of the, you know, technical, just the, the nature of learning how things work through engineering, I put it together that, of course, it could be a business. Like, why wouldn't it? Like, comic book companies have existed for, you know, decades and t- movies, that's art. Everything is art, right? So it was kind of, it was kind of something that was, um, that was, you know, innately in my head. And it wasn't until like, uh, I started dating Christine that she kind of promoted me, hey, do, you know, make sure that you do this art thing, you know, make time for it and make sure that it doesn't fall to the wayside because I see that it makes you happy and why not Mm -hmm. uh, be happy. And so that kind of progressed into the same way. She was kind of like, do you think you could do something, you know, as a, as a, you know, job for this? And that's when, that's kind of when the ball started rolling. She's, she's been, she's been uh, one of my biggest critics and one of my biggest fan, my biggest fan really. So that's good. And that can be so tough, especially because you have a relationship there going on. And I can relate to that because my husband too, he's like, yeah, they'll be honest. And sometimes that hurts, but you know that they they're doing it because they want you to improve and, you know, to, to just do better. Um, So here you are creating this, this uh, comic book series. Let's talk about the first series. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So this first series, um, this first series was really started because I wanted to create the the origin story for some characters I designed based on my, me and my brothers. Right. So one day I was just hanging around my, you know, my brothers and I was like, man, these guys are, are really badasses, you know, like they're like, they're they're my heroes right now. So I, I was like, let me turn these guys into superheroes. And so I had adult versions of superheroes that were based inspired by my brothers. And so from there, I was like, how, where, how could I make this a really unique, like origin story? And then that's when everything kind of like exploded in my brain. And um, I started, uh, you know, building it. So essentially, the story is that there's these children, um, they were adopted uh, by Latino parents. And that was important to me because I feel like because me and my girlfriend don't want to have kids. Um, but if we ever do, we want to adopt. So, you know, there's sometimes some stigma around adopting. So these four kids, they're adopted after being found in this like protective force field. And, you know, they're too young to kind of remember that. And when they get older, they uh, that's where we enter into like the main story of this series they, they know they have like powers, like magical powers, superpowers, but they don't know why. And neither do the parents, but the parents then reveal like, hey, we didn't adopt you from an adoption agency. We found you in this protective force field. And they go on a journey to kind of, to kind of find out the history of that and um, 
and they find out that they were born in the Aztec times, were protected in this force field during the colonization, and then they were found later on. So they, so, <clears throat> so yeah, their, their parents <clears throat> were powerful, magical people. They, um, they, uh, they still, they, they didn't survive. Um, but, uh, and now they met a person where that in this, in this journey that they've gone on that are, kind of, that will kind of show them the ways of their powers. So. Wow. I love that story. That's so clever. And, um, you know, that force field to protect them from colonization, you can just spin it off in so many different ways. So many stories can come out of that. That's really, really cool. So did you have to do a lot of research into the indigenous population in order to develop your story? Yeah. Yeah. And I still do research, you know, what's interesting and the, and the way that I built it out, um, was that, so as you see in the, in the comic, my art style grows and improves over each issue. And that was my intent. Like I wanted to show people that you can do this without having like the fullest like skill and then just get better over time because that's what kids have to be, have to really learn that you're okay. It's okay to be bad at something at first and then get better. So in the same way, um, my knowledge is always growing of the indigenous cultures and I have a lot of respect for it. And it's something that, um, you know, it's something that I feel like a lot of Latinos don't get in touch with because we, we know that we have indigenous backgrounds. We know we have indigenous ancestors, but somewhere along the line, the same way that my parents moved to the United States and didn't teach me Spanish, um, there was a time in Latin American history where it was demonized to, to, to practice the indigenous cultures. So even though like I look at my great, great grandfather and he's looks indigenous and my dad tells me he, um, he actually traded uh, tuna, the prickly pears with, um, in, with native Americans in the, in Arizona. So he would drive up from Zacatecas to Arizona and, and trade with them. And, um, and he's telling me about his life. And then he was like, oh yeah, his mom was indigenous. You know, his, we have a picture of her somewhere with her indigenous garb, but we don't know, like he didn't know her name. He didn't know what tribe he, you know? And so, so you go far back enough it's, it's, it's a big part of what, what I come from, but I don't know anything about, about the tribes that I'm, I'm descendant of. So, which is why I kind of stuck with the, the word Aztec, because if you know the indigenous cultures, they didn't really call themselves Aztec, you know, they call themselves Mexica. Nowadays, they're uh, the, the people who still uh, are in tune with the culture or Nahua. Um, but like Aztec refers to this almost myth mythical place called Aztlan, right? So with, so to pay homage without uh, kind of like culturally appropriating is something I really didn't want to do. Um, that's why I use the word Aztec. And in the future, if I can grow this into a real like comic book company, I want to be the type of, I want to be hiring and empowering and telling stories from people 
uh, who have more direct, you know, relationship with these cultures. Wow, I hope you do, because you're absolutely right. We don't tell our stories. Uh, I can relate to that. I remember um, asking my mom, I still even as an adult, I'm like, so what can you tell me? I'm like, maybe if I keep asking, she'll remember something. But no, they were not really taught. They were not passed down with the history of who was what or what they did. There's a little few things here and there, but not enough to know exactly where we came from. And one thing I remember being taught when I was very young was, oh, you know, um, we come from like mestizos because the indigenous and the Spaniards came here and colonization and then they mix. And so I was like, okay, okay. So yes, I'm mestiza. And um, I didn't really know what that meant, even though they explained, oh, you know, they, they merged, you know, but what does that mean? They didn't tell me that you lose certain things uh you know part of your culture and why because you know colonization was about erasing all of that because their way was right and um now that i have two kids who are teens and i've always taught them whatever i can about where we come from but i i too feel like i haven't done enough and it's funny when you were saying like everybody um you know we we study different populations and i feel like most people are so interested in the Greeks and the Romans and Africans, but what about us? You yeah. know, what about the, the uh, Mayas and the Aztecs? And um, so that's why I love your comic book because I feel like it's such a great way to entertain kids and educate them and adults too, of course. So um, that has really huge value. And I can see how some people might not think that there's going to be interest in it. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> he's got to come onto my podcast because whoever's listening, I really hope that they support you and that they give it a chance. Um, if they think that, oh, it's not my kind of thing, just give it a try. Just, you never know. Um, so you mentioned something earlier about the progress, which is something I was going to say early on um on the in this conversation because you posted your progress on instagram and i do remember at first uh, um you didn't i don't think you said hey i'm writing you know i'm doing a comic book i think you were just drawing and i just kept following you i, I don't know how long i followed you for now but i have seen the progress and i'm glad you mentioned that you've intentionally shown that you can start off at a lower level and improve and it's actually something that i've taught I've shown my daughter because she's uh into anime she draws and she would get so frustrated and I'm like no 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 look and I've actually shown her your page as, as well as other people so I'm like look you're gonna do really well you should do the same thing he's doing because he's capturing the progress and she's done it too so thank you for that that's so awesome <laughs> yeah it is it's like you you just have no idea who you're gonna impact um yeah. So um, speaking about how these kids are now creating amazing things, because we have so many influencers. I mean, these kids, they make way more money than me <laughs> because they know how to manipulate technology, software, the yeah. Internet. So um, you said you don't have to have fancy equipment or anything. So can you talk to us a little bit about if there's a Latino kid right now or a mom that knows her child has potential, what advice would you give her um, 
if her child is getting into the arts, say they have an iPad or a Chromebook or something to draw on, what basic things can they start with? Yeah, they can start with uh, anything, honestly. Um, yeah, I, uh, um, you know, I'm older. I did, I started with pencil and paper and that was, that was great. Um, you know, I got my first uh, sketch pad when I was like six or something like that. And um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't start getting back into, to actually trying to get better until after college. So it was like 2016 or 2017. Right. So I'm like, I was like 25 or something like that. And I'm so, um, but, you know, so just drawing with pencil and paper, I'll show you what I started off with when I started, when I got into digital, because, because people think, oh, you got to get the iPad, you got to get mm -hmm. um, the most fanciest iPad. But this is what I started off with. What is that? This is a Wacom Intuos um, small. And what this does, here's the USB cord, plugs oh. into your computer. Mm -hmm. You draw on this tablet, but then you look at the screen. Oh, and wow. Had, yeah, and I had this, I had this desktop that was left over from college that I hadn't been using anymore. Um, and I busted it out, dusted it off, uh, downloaded a free drawing software called Krita and, and went at it. And Krita is spelled K-R-I-T-A. So essentially with a computer I already had and with a $75 Wacom tablet, I learned how to, I learned how to draw digitally. And I still use this tablet to draw my comic. Oh, that's really cool. So they still make those? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. This well, there sweet. you go. $75 and then paper and pencil, which, yeah, that's how my daughter started too for a long time. I and mean, we just actually finally did get her a tablet um, after years of her doing that. But uh, that was one of my things. I actually did spend the money on the iPad because I said, do the research. I don't know what you're, you need to ask who or whatever. And she asked her several people. And they said, you know, nothing fancy, but an iPad's great because of whatever. So we did buy her an iPad, but I, you, I, I should have had this discussion with you a lot earlier. We <laughs> saved so money. <laughs> and it, you know, the iPad is so like it's so um, you, uh, uh, it's used by a lot of people and a lot of like. So if you know, there's there's work you can do professional work with the iPad. It's an amazing tool. I. I don't have a new one of the newer ones. So my, I, I do use it sometimes. I do use mine sometimes. Um, I actually got it for free for my brother who works in IT. Uh, you know, they got rid of an old right. one and he was like, mm -hmm. yo, take it. Um, so it can't do as much as my computers can do. It doesn't have as much power. Um, but, you know, I did eventually get in. Um, I did eventually invest in this, you know, big, Huion is the brand. Okay. And it's kind of, it's, it's the, the cheaper brand versus the Wacom. So this same, so this is like 24 inches, um, you know, in diagonal mm -hmm. and the comparative Wacom is like 2,500. Um, but this was, uh, this was like a thousand dollars or $900. Okay. So, that's, that's really good. That's, you know, 
Um, hopefully this is helping somebody that's listening so that they can help their child because I feel really guilty for the longest time and my husband too. And we're like, dang, we should really invest in her. Uh, but we don't know what to do. We don't know if we have to buy illustrator or, you know, all of that fancy procreate or whatever. And I guess, um, she already had something that she talked with her friends. Um, so what about, um, what about NFTs? Because I have heard so much about NFTs and at first I had a hard time understanding what they were, but I see, I thought it was an adult thing, but apparently anybody can sell NFTs. Will you educate us a little on what this is and how, you know, how it works? Yeah. Um, so I think, so NFTs, I feel like are a big opportunity the same way that, that you, we mentioned earlier, the young kids really learned how to do this uh, social media thing uh, and make money off of it. Right. But the money is kind of, if it's not through direct sales, it's through, you know, advertisement or uh, however the app decides to pay you out or the algorithm decides to, to let you be seen. Right. Um, that being said, the Web3 uh, concept is is on a different, you know, it's on the block, the blockchain, which is essentially, you can kind of like sum it down to like a different internet where the internet isn't, the, the servers aren't owned by Amazon or Google or whoever owns the servers and, and we rent space from. The, the, the servers are, they're supposed to be decentralized and, and that's a whole topic you can get into but the the idea around the smart contract in the nft i feel like is the is the one part that we're missing um because we we're inundated with all this crazy hype around uh these jpegs right you know people are selling their their art digital art for thousands and millions and blah blah and and that's not what's in, that's not the important thing because things could go up and down just like the stock market and it's probably and it's going down right now and I have been talking about how it's probably going to go down soon for a long time um, as far as the prices the co- the 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 price of the, the cryptocurrency but these smart contracts that are coded into these pieces of art are what is going to be the technology that people will be using more often. Um, and I, I, I've heard the analogy and it resonated with me. So I'll use it of um, these NFTs, these smart contracts are going to be used more like uh, tickets or receipts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the same way that you can buy a ticket to, to one of your favorite um, performing artists, let's say the Beatles, you, if you save that ticket from a very special concert, then it's worth something that's a collectible, right? So instead of instead of buying it, buying the piece of paper and saying, what's this piece of paper worth, right? The same way you're saying, what's the JPEG worth? It's not the JPEG, it's what, what you get with it. It's the contract that you, you, the utility that you get behind it. And so what I... I want to do is kind of one day, hopefully if it works out transition to that, to where the NFT will be the Kickstarter, right? So you buy the NFT uh, and you get a comic, 
but also you have an NFT. And then that NFT will give you access to, let's say my digital comic reader on my website. And so the same way that if you bought a subscription to uh, Kindle or Comixology, you get access to certain things, but that $6 is gone every month. While the NFT, if, once you decide to not use it anymore, you could pass it on to someone else, you could sell it. Um, if it comes out at a specific time where the collectability of that specific NFT or ticket in this case um, becomes more valuable, then it's a collectible. Otherwise, you've gotten your use out of it and, it's, um, and the utility has been utilized, right? So the way that I see, I see it empowering uh, kids to, to be able to, to start businesses in a different way and not have to you know, rent the space or rent the attention from, from Instagram um, or TikTok in this case, in, in you know, more recent. And, um, or whichever platform you decide to like publish on, right? So I published my comic on my website for free. So people could read the first four issues for free. I also published the first four issues as a digital Kindle reader through Amazon. But if someone buys the book, I get uh, $1 out of the three that I sell it for, right? So, you know, taking, taking a little bit. So we're renting that space from Amazon. That's mm -hmm. why they charge us that. And it's understandable. But um, by, by enabling ourselves to, to take advantage of the, the kind of blockchain through, through NFTs is what they call it right now. Who knows what they'll call it in the future? Um, I think it's going to be impressive. And actually, um, in my Kickstarter, I'm going to be giving out NFTs for Kickstarter backers. And, and in the future, I want to be able to build out um, that access to my comic book reader so that if you own the, the, the NFT, you could read the comic digitally. And it's, so. Okay, that, that was a lot. Okay, because I'm trying to wrap my head around it because <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> because these, these blockchains, which people are like, what's a blockchain? <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, you gotta, yeah. But these, this digital data is pretty much like, I, I like to think of it as an art gallery that has all this art and correct me if I'm wrong on how I understood it. And instead of being that physical art that people buy that hold value and can be resold later on. And of course, art, the longer you hold on to it, if it's good art, then the value increases and people go Google Gaga over it. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what you're creating. You're creating a digital piece of art, in this case, your comic book. Um, and that is what you can sell. And that is what people will, um, they'll have that, I guess, digital authentication that it came from you and that, that they own it. Is that right? More or less, yep. And, yeah. and underneath it will be a contract that says, um, if I ever create like a Nawali Khan, this, this is a ticket to it. Oh, oh, you know okay. Or in that, in that contract, it could say, um, for this specific NFT, you could read all of my digital books forever for free. You know, oh, I see. And, or for this specific NFT, you could read the fifth issue, you know, only. And so that's, so it's, and my idea is going to be, it's 
there's going to be levels, but in general, I wanted to make it accessible for everyone. So, you know, the entry level um, backer tier is $3, right? So you get an NFT for $3. Got it. That's and that's really really good because <laughs> yeah. I, I I just saw I think it was Danny Trejo doing a little dance because he sold his NFT or something with NFTs. Um, and one of the things that I hear people talking a lot, or at least in the Amigos Club, because you know the founder Danai, she's huge into tech and she talks about get into NFTs. Um, it's and she talks so much about Latinos don't really know what NFTs are. Um, they see it just like, cause it's a, it's, it's a sort of type of crisp, uh, crypto, right. It's pretty much a different form. Um, people don't call it crypto because it's, it's more, it's built on top art. of it. Right. Yeah. It's built on yeah. top of the crypto mm-hmm. currency. Yeah. It's weird. There's levels to it. Like the blockchain cryptocurrency NFTs on top of that. So the, the cryptocurrency is built kind of like on top of the blockchain the blockchain is kind of like the base and then nfts are built on top of all of that so yeah it's it's confusing and i think that's what intimidates a lot of people not just latinos but since i'm seeing a lot of younger people getting into it um it's it's good that we're having this conversation because um maybe collaborations can be done uh, support, awareness, all sorts of things. And yeah. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, and if you, so the way that I like to say it is there's a potential that all of the cryptocurrencies go to zero, right? In theory, right? There are some big ones that have been backed by or invested in, you say back, we say backed or, you know, invested into by big entities, banks, companies, Tesla, you know, bought a bunch of, of it. So we're seeing signs that it's in that trend, even though it's going down right now, it's going in that trend. Same as the stock market, it can go up and down. But historically, the financial system has kept us out of it from of making of making the kind of wealth that non-people of color have been able to historically right whether that's intentionally through laws and actions or whether that's through intimidation through make by making it look complicated and hard to do right so finances is something that that we've as a community i feel like lately been taking control of starting to learn more, even though this is very confusing. You know, I was a few years ago, I bought a book investing for dummies because I didn't know how to invest and I didn't know what the heck anything was. And, and since then I've, I've been able to manage my, my, you know, portfolios or whatever, but it took a little baby step of me reading a book that said that I was a dummy, but, (laughs) (laughs) and then learning continually on top of that. So, so my point is, if this is another financial system, that will be the, the basis on which the economy runs, we cannot miss out on this early stage, right? Yeah. Because if we do, then we're, then we're back where we started. And, 
you know, I know that there's still a lot of skepticism in these type of products um, or type of investments. Um, and of course, it's mainly because there's lack of understanding about what they are and how to use them. And the other one is, but there's big signs, right? Like I remember when I first heard of crypto was years ago and here it is still. And now uh, El Salvador is using, I think, Doge, verdad? Dogecoin as their form of currency. And um, I, uh, I believe Ukraine, because of the attacks from Russia, have been leaning into a different type of crypto as well for funding for, to, for aid. So mm. when, when nations start using digital money, digital currency, that's a big sign. I really don't think that it's going to go away, like some people say. And that's why I wanted to ask you about the NFTs, because I believe that that too is going to stick around forever. It's not. Once it's there, I mean, it's, I, I doubt people are going to just decide to say, oh, no, this is, doesn't have any value. And then they own several <laughs> NFTs. They're not going to want to let go of that. Um, so when, when miners want to create an NFT and sell it, um, do you know if there are any restrictions or any fees that they have to pay to sell it? Kind of like a, I guess, like at auction dealers where you have to pay to sell something. Um, that's a good question. I believe um, you, uh, anyone can create, anyone with like an email can create a wallet and uh And so the the so the process of getting money in there would be from from would have to you know come from another bank if they don't have like a bank account, um, and then you tr essentially you trans you once you get fiat dollars in there you could trans uh, translate it to you could turn it into quote unquote uh, to a cryptocurrency uh, to mint to mint an NFT uh, they're depending on what cryptocurrency you're using because there are numbers numerous um like uh networks that you could use so ethereum is a cryptocurrency that's a big one used for nfts that one includes a lot of gas so if you're minting it um you're going to pay a gas fee and that's the, the fee for these um these servers to to do the computations that it takes to put it on the blockchain But uh, there's other ones that are that are like Polygon, which is kind of, it's kind of like a cousin to Ethereum. That's the way I would use it because it's kind of built on there. Um, but the they they did it in such a way where the gas fees are nominal, if any, like they'll they'll be essentially zero. So you know, products like OpenSea, it's cool to like go in and check it out. Like you go to OpenSea, you mint something and they did they, they do what's called lazy mint so you don't have to even pay the gas fee on the front end it's more when someone buys it that's when the gas fee is but it, it's it's something that i for as far as like kids go i don't i think the more important thing is to learn what what it all is right kids they learn so fast they learn faster than us right so if you you put them in an in a class You know, there's a lot of free resources, videos, and stuff like that. Um, if you put them in a class to learn some of this stuff, they're gonna they're gonna pick it up so quick, um, and it's gonna be heavy into a lot of it is heavy into coding, right? So if you have a kid that is interested in coding or has shown interest in coding, this is a great way to get them involved in something that's new in the world, right? Because 
everything, you know, web two is what they're calling like the internet before. Um, all that is very easy to learn too, but it's kind of like, it's not becoming like old, but it's gonna be integrated the two things, right? So this new technology is a way to kind of like push them into the, into the forefront, something that's gonna be part of the future. And, um, and they, can, they can learn how to mint through code the art that they do. Because I don't, that's another thing, like I don't think all people are left brain or right brain. I, I, know, how, I know how to do some code. I obviously was in engineering. I'm obviously a pretty good artist. I was, you know, in sales. I, you know, played the guitar. You know, so it's like we we have the ability to learn a lot of different things, and that's really the the message that um, don't limit yourself to calling yourself one thing like an artist or an or a scientist or like left brain, right brain, this that, and don't limit your kids to do that either because that's just limiting them in the future. You know, there, the, there was a, the Renaissance people, right? Leonardo, Michelangelo, all of them, they were scientists and they were artists and they were uh, philo philosophers. But we always hear it from the European standpoint. No one talks about Nesawakoyo, which was essentially the same thing during the Aztec times. And he had like a university that people would send their kids from all throughout Mexico and Central America to, to learn from him. And he, and he was the same thing, artist, poet, po politician, architect. So that's kind of like where, where my brain is as far as kids go, let them be the Renaissance people that if they want to be and like learn about these, learn about finances, learn about crypto, learn about how to do art for cheap. Like this is all, how we empower ourselves to, to not be uh, uh, relegated to like the working class forever, right? That's it's knowledge is it's what will free us, I guess. I completely agree um, when we limit ourselves to being just with that one thing. And you know, growing up that really, uh, I struggled with that because deep down I wanted to do many different things, but society tells you, no, no, just pick one. And so I thought something was wrong with me for years. And then I realized, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just need to pick one to begin with and then move on to the next later, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so thank you so much for mentioning that. And uh, do you have any events coming up that we should know of? Anything that we can support you with? Yeah, I got my, <clears throat> excuse me, I got my Kickstarter that's uh, launching early next week, either Monday or Tuesday. Um, I said it for Tuesday, but I might just launch it on Monday. And yeah, it's a great way to, you know, support the, the, the project, but also of course you get a reward. So you get a, a copy of the comic for the, for those tiers, or you get a piece of art for the uh, t uh, certain tiers. Some, some tiers you can get a custom piece of art or you can get an ad in the comic um, as long as it's kid friendly. Um, so there's, there's some cool tiers. It's not a super like, crazy high goal. I set it at 2,500. I just want to be able to uh, get it printed and get it shipped, uh, put a little bit of money for paying the bills. And then um, the rest of it's going to go into continuing building the, the series. And um, yeah, then you get, you'll get a NFT as well. And then from uh, in July, July 15th through, through the 7th, 
um, July 15th through the 17th, I'll be at Comic Palooza in Houston. I love it. And, you know, for people watching or listening, I think that the best way to educate yourself is also by being a consumer of the product, because then you get to see the, the receiver end and understand how, you know, what it is that you get. I'm definitely going to be investing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and it's too bad that I'm not close to Houston. Otherwise, I would go and I'd love to meet you in person. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for educating us, for talking about, you know, your story and the, the story behind the comic book series and your intent with it. It's really, really great. And I'm very happy that you're doing it. So thank you so much because you're not just providing entertainment, you're providing education. Thank you. Thank you for having this platform. I think it's important to to uh, show people like us doing things like this and, and uh, things like, like what you're doing and, and like all the people in the Amigos Club and, and uh, kind of coming together and, and learning together. Absolutely. And lastly, um, actually, I'm going to ask you a few fun questions before we wrap it up. But before I forget, where can people find you? Yes. Um, so the easiest way is to go to my Instagram. It's timemachine.crtv. Time Machine is kind of like my handle, like my nickname, like my artist name. Um, and then my the, the short link to my website is tm, like time machine, crtv, like creative.com. So tmcrtv.com. That'll take you to my, my, uh, my, my link, link tree thing. And then that from there, you can access all of my content. Perfect. Perfect. Good. I hope that people go visit you, check out your page and, and uh, uh, help you uh, with that, uh, the fundraiser. All right. Now for the fun part, I'm going to throw out a few words and um, you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, love. Everything. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, adventure life roots um, that's I thought of the Spanish word for roots which is not helpful I thought of raices <laughs> still <laughs> that was the first thing <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> um, family family um Love again. That one came up again. Yeah. Artist. Um, storyteller. Last question. If you could talk to 10 year old Josh about anything at all, what would you talk to him about? That's a good question. You know, it's funny, like, I, I always think about like, what would the what would my life be if, uh, if I would have went full time into art and went into like, instead of going the whole engineering path, because I would have got those uh, 10,000 hours much quicker, but there's something, there's something very, very uh, valuable that had come to me from going to engineering and learning how to learn uh, like con complex things so I don't know I probably just tell them to like stay confident and just be your, be yourself you know like uh the world tries to change you and uh and you just gotta try your hardest not to not to to deviate too far from from those roots those raices that that is you as a person yeah 
Oh, I love that. That's that's very wise um, advice. <laughs> it's so true too. The world will try to change you. <laughs> well, Josh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to get your comic book. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind-the-scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Dolly Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next time.